Welcome to the My Beyond Life podcast. It is our hope that this podcast will help to equip, empower, and encourage you to live a life beyond the boundaries and into the abundant life Christ has for you. Today, Miss Amy will be discussing in the murky middle of our hardships. In this murky middle, in this middle that is hard, that just keeps going and just keeps going and just keeps going, I want to give you a visual that's going to help you with this, okay? Because in the murky middle, you got to realize there's a beginning and there's an end. All right, but when you're in the middle, what's hard to see? All right, so I'm going to hold up your hardship right here, okay? Here it is. Here's your hardship. It has a beginning. It has an end, but a whole lot of middle. And in this middle, there's little sections that make it up. And they're called days. And those days are 86,400 seconds apiece. And I don't know where you are in your middle. You might be right here. You might be right here. You might be in the middle of middle. You might be all the way here and the end is almost there. But you know what? No one is any harder than the other. It's just a whole lot of middle. So what we're going to look at today is how to handle this 86,400 seconds. Or this 86,400 seconds. Or this one, or this one, or this one. Whichever 86,400 seconds you're looking at, that's the one we're going to talk about today. What to do with those 86,400 seconds. Now, here's the question. All right? I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to purchase the Staples Easy Button. Y'all know the one they made famous in their commercials? Just push it, make it easy. I want one. I was gonna get one for this lesson, but I was too cheap. (laughs) I was just too cheap. And the Amazon guy comes to my house way too much anyway. (sighs) Find it, follow it, there it is. All right, hold on, I'm I'm still green, okay. All right, so what we do is we take a look at our situation and we want the easy or the fast forward. We would take either one of those, all right? Where is it, God? Show me the easy button. Show me the fast forward button to get to the end of that quicker and simpler and easier. And we looked last week at what that was called and that was that Webster's Dictionary definition of repair which meant to fix or mend. We want God to fix it. Picture your whole roof caved in on your house. Picture calling a repair guy and asking him to fix this little, put a little patch right here. Is that going to do your roof any good? Not if the whole roof is caved in. 
that guy's going to look at you and say, you don't need a repair, you need a rebuild. And that was God's definition of repair in Isaiah 61, where we repair the old wastes. Repair meant to rebuild. We're thinking fix. God's thinking rebuild. That's totally different language. That's totally different mindset. So we talked about how we can in our prayers lift up to God and ask for his repair. Ask for his definition of repair. Rebuild, renew, remake. That's what it meant. Restore, make again. Some of your relations with those uh, adult children, they, they don't need a repair, they need a rebuild. Some marriages don't just need a repair, they need a rebuild. Some job situations don't need a repair, they need a rebuild. Some spiritual issues you're facing don't need a patch job. They need a rebuild, and that's what we're talking about in our daily 86,400 seconds, is making sure that we're asking God for what really needs to happen. And that we're agreeing with God for what really needs to happen. And that we're ready to cooperate with God for what really needs to happen. All right, when a guy comes to patch your roof, he's, he's gone and done in an afternoon. But that re-roofing, that rebuilding, that's a little noisier. That's a little messier. That's a lot louder and way more expensive. You're going to have to prepare to cooperate with that process, aren't you? There's a lot of trash. They usually bring a dumpster out and just throw all the old into it. And then they got to haul it all up and it's hot and it's hard and it's heavy, but it's a lot better in the end because you've got a whole thing remade. So that's what we're going to look at. Now, I'm afraid we're afraid that these rebuilds, and that's why we don't ask them, we know we're going to have to cooperate and that, that means there's going to be obedience, sacrifice, effort, and a little bit of our blood, sweat, and tears to be mixed in with a lot of his blood, sweat, and tears that he's already expended for our salvation. But what do we talk about? When you mix dust with the divine, you have a miracle. And that's what we're going to look at. Now, I have to share you a funny story that talks about the quick fixes in life, okay? I have three older sisters. My oldest sister is my quick fix, find the easy way buddy, all right? Growing up, we fell for everything under the sun, okay? If it was an infomercial, it was truth. Well, this one was a doozy of a one that we fell for, okay? Now, spring was coming. Now, how many of you know when spring comes, you've got a stretchy pants body fixing to go to the beach? Well, spring was coming. She looked at me and I looked at her. We looked at ourselves and we said, uh-oh. <laughs> Houston, we got a problem. And it's called cellulite. <laughs> All right, so she looked at me. I looked at her. I said, we got to fix this because this don't need to be seen. So she did some research. She's a researcher. And she found the video. And yes, it was VHS. That's how old I am. She found the workout video that boasted the best results ever 
So we ordered it. It's still around today, but they're much nicer looking today than they used to be. It's called the firm. All right, we ordered the firm. I mean, these women were firm. They were firm in places I didn't know could be firm. Because this was back in the day of leotards. Y'all remember that? Leotards and leg warmers and hair up to here and makeup this thick. So we ordered this thing and we were going to look just like them leotard clad women. All right, so we popped that buddy in and we were going to be looking good. All right, so we put it in. Now this leotard clad woman got up there and she said, if you are a beginner, do not use weights. I want my beach body. And I want it tomorrow. I'm using weights and I'm going to use the heavy weights because it's going to get me results faster. I'm going to wake up tomorrow looking good. <laughs> All right. So we use them weights and we use them heavier weights. We's tired. We sweating. It was hard. We swore we'd never do it again, but we did it. And the next morning, girls, let me tell you, I was praying for a Mack truck to run over me to bring me relief. I hurt in places that anatomically I didn't know were there. Every single step I took, literally, ow, 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 ow. I hurt from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. She worked at the same place I did and we would just pass each other and go, ow, ow. It was horrible. I don't know if you guys ever work out and when you're really, really sore, that is the day you will drop everything. Because it takes so many muscles to bend down and pick it up. That day I would drop it and I would say, go with God. <laughs> because in all the name that was holy, I was not bending down. Because I had done an unholy amount of squats the day before. And I got to just, it, nope, sorry, I just stepped over it as painfully as I could and kept on walking. It was absolutely horrible. Well, we said we ain't doing that again. Oh, and the audacity of it all, the scale was the same. <laughs> the same. All that effort, nothing. Nothing. Not even a point two. Nothing. And my jeans that were <laughs> too many sizes, too big, still fit. Still fit. So we were done. Obviously, hard work did not work. Later that week, that same sister came walking up to me, waving the local newspaper. And she said, I found it. I have found what really works. Look, there's people with lab coats on. And there's before and after pictures. And, and these people with the lab coats, they're doctors. And they know that this works and it's proven and they can't believe they haven't discovered it until now. Well, I looked at it. Man, it boasted everything you could possibly want to get your beach body fast. I said, well, let's go check it out. It's a new establishment, fine, upstanding establishment in our town. I'm embarrassed to tell you the name of it. But for transparency's sake, I will. Slenderella.
lie, Slenderella. I pulled into the parking lot and I thought, well, this is a new low. But I'm going to look good, so it's worth it. So I walked into that fine, upstanding establishment. Big, glossy posters lined that front entryway of before and afters and testimonials everywhere of how this worked fast. The little person at the front had a lab coat on. It was so legitimate. I was so excited. I didn't know you could order the lab coats from Oriental Trading. <laughs> I didn't know. And their glasses weren't real glasses. Oriental Trading again. So we, we talked to the technician at the front who, you know, the week before was in the, you know, unemployed line, but that's okay. She was a technician this week. So we followed her as she took us on a tour of what would be our answer. Well, she opened that door behind that little clinical desk and I discovered four life-changing truths that day. The first one, spandex should not be worn by everyone. <laughs> Just shouldn't. The second one, there is a point of no return that spandex can reach <laughs> when it is stretched so far. The next one is just because cellulite is jiggling doesn't mean it's melting away. <laughs> and the last one, there are some things you cannot unsee. <laughs> this establishment, this is what it boasted. And I'm serious, I am not lying. <laughs> you lay on the machines and the machines move you. The word I kept hearing was effortless. Effortless. Don't you love that word? Effortless. I love it. Well, you just effortlessly lay on this machine and it moves your legs like this. And it's going to melt away your thigh. Okay, you even laid on the machine and it moved them like this. And you was going to have a thigh gap after you got off that thing. God didn't make thigh gaps, by the way. You just sat on a machine and it would do this with your arms and you was going to have arms of steel. Now, I'm gullible, but I'm looking at this going, ain't no way this is going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm looking at them women on the machine and it ain't work for them. <laughs> Things were jiggling that ought not ever jiggle. <laughs> and I said, God, I don't look so bad. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm gone. And we walked out of that and sat in our car and laughed until we couldn't laugh anymore. <laughs> at least that burned some calories. But I really think that Satan has sold us a misinformation. That sounds something like this. You too can have a great marriage for the low, low price 
of effortless. You too just can crawl on this machine and push the easy button as you pray for the Webster's definition of repair. Climb on to this fix my marriage machine. All you have to do is lay there and let the machine do the work for you and simply watch your marriage issues disappear. Or how about this one? You too can have great kids. Just press the easy button when you climb on the machine called the Webster's definition of repair. All you have to do is lay there. Let the machine do the work for you as you simply go through the motions and watch your parenting issues melt away. Or how about this one? For the low, low price of effortless, you too can overcome your personal strongholds. Just press the easy button as you climb on board and let it do the work for you. You too can watch your personal issues melt away. And Christians by the millions are falling for it. And just like I was transparent with you, we've all fallen for it. We've all pushed the easy button and said, God, I'll take the effortless path. No blood, sweat, and tears for me, God. I don't want hard. I don't want an obstacle. I don't want a challenge. I don't want to have to work for it. I don't want to have to sacrifice for it. I don't want to have to count my calories to get there. I don't want to have to actually lift the weights to get there. I don't want to actually have to do any kind of self-deprivation at all. No, 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 no. Don't sign me up for that. But that's what we're doing with our marriages. Don't sign me up for self-deprivation. Don't sign me up for sacrifice. Don't sign me up. And then with parenting, don't sign me up for going down the hard way. I'll go the path of least resistance on this one. And then our personal obstacles, God, that's too much work. That's too much effort. That's just too hard. I didn't see immediate results. So God, don't sign me up for that one. What I'm discovering is as Christians, when we go through our hard, and we start out here at the beginning, we do believe God. We do. But what we believe God with is the ta-da, the grand finale, the big finish. That's what we trust God for. But there's a whole lot that we got to go through before we reach this. And this 86,400 seconds called a day needs us to trust him. And so does this 86,400 seconds, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. I was reading a book the other day about this lady, that um, Christian lady who has written tons of books and is a renowned speaker and all of these things and loves the Lord in the ministry full time. And she woke up one morning with extreme abdominal pain. You know, the day before she was perfectly fine. And then the next morning woke up doubled over screaming. 
course, she was rushed to the hospital. Doctors ran every test you could possibly run. Nothing. Started giving her pain medicine to help while they were running the tests. Pain medicine wasn't touching it. The amount of pain medicine they could give her was topped out. They could not give her any more, and she was still writhing in pain. And the doctors were scratching their heads, and the doctors were going, what? We don't get it. All the scans were coming back fine. And this woman obviously was in horrible distress. And so this woman is lying there, and she's praying and crying out to God, as you only can in moments like that, and saying, God, where are you? Please stop this pain. Let this medicine work. Let this combination of these two medicines work. Something, anything. I got to have some relief. She said, hour after hour went by, no relief. The hours stretched into days, no relief. Five days went by, five. That's a long time. That's a long time to have a headache. <laughs> but that's a long time to go through severe pain. So she's lying there, and she's watching this medicine drip down into her IV. And she said while she's lying there, pain medicine wasn't the only thing dripping and filling her body. Disappointment. Drip, drip, drip. Despair, drip, drip. Disillusionment, drip, drip. Where was God? I mean, she had taught people about his love. She had led people to him. She had promised that he would be there in times like this. She had gone through hard before, and it was hard and horrible, but he had been there. And so she pictured a picture in her mind, and she couldn't get it out of her mind. And it was right past that, that drip of medicine. She just saw God just standing there, arms crossed, deliberately doing nothing, watching her writhe in pain and not stopping it. And along with that horrible physical pain, she began having horrible mental and emotional pain. Said it was the lowest and the hardest five days of her life. And she's had some hard ones. Now, we'll get back to her story in a minute. Feeling pain is the first step in healing pain. We got to embrace the process. You just do. It's like when you have a surgery and they make an incision. As it heals, you guys literally feel a pulling sensation, a burning sensation. It hurts. Doctors say that is literally the process of the cells growing back together. If you went to the doctor and said, stop this pain, and they did, you would walk around with a gaping wound the rest of your life. Not something we want to do. That healing process is a feeling process. And it hurts. And it's sharp. It's like when you're driving around in your car and a light comes on on your dashboard. 
that lets you know there's something under the hood that needs attention? Now, we could ignore it and end up with a bigger problem later. We could act like it's a malfunction, <laughs> which some of us do, until <laughs> we realize the tire really is low. <laughs> Although we think it's lying to us, which I may or may not have done several times in my life, because it does it every time it gets cold. But one time, really, the tire was low, and I really was very close to a blowout. We could actually take it to the mechanic, turn it over to the master, and say, here's the light, follow it where it leads, and then fix it. Repair it so that it's up to running condition again. But that's going to take time, effort, sacrifice, as we'll be without our vehicle for a while, We'll become dependent on other people for a while. It's going to cost money, but when we get it back, guess what? What was wrong under the hood has been addressed by the one who knows how to address it. I don't even know how to open the hood. I can't fix it. But I think a lot of times we ignore those blinking lights on our dashboard that's saying, hey, something wrong under your emotional hood. Something's going on under your spiritual hood. Something's going on under this relational hood that needs attention, and it needs attention from someone who knows what they're doing. Disappointment, the reason why I chose it for our first emotion to look at is because it is the one emotion everyone has. Doesn't matter the size house you live in. Doesn't matter your relationship status on Facebook. It doesn't matter your vocation, your gene size. It doesn't matter. Everyone faces disappointment. Just ask Mary, Martha, Sarah, Hannah, Rebecca, Hagar, Esther. They all faced it too, but every single one of them found God faithful in it. And every single one of them found a reason for it. And every single one of them saw God glorified in it. Feeling our pain and deciding we want to heal, have our pain healed, is a huge step. It's much healthier than stuffing it, ignoring it, acting like it's not there, explaining it away, blaming it away. We're going to have people-sized disappointments in our life. After all, parents are supposed to love us. Husbands are supposed to be faithful to us. Kids are supposed to stick to what you raised them to believe. Uncles aren't supposed to do that to us. But unfortunately, in a sin-cursed world, we have a lot of people-sized disappointments. Where they should have loved us, they should have cherished us, they should have stuck with us, and they didn't. They should have thought we were worth something, and they didn't. But then there's God-sized disappointments. And that's where we feel like God walked out on us, like this lady was feeling. 
but it's not the end of her story. She's lying in that hospital bed. And one day, another doctor walked in, but he was different. He was holding the results of the latest scan of a different body part they tried this time. But he was suited up for surgery. And he came in and he told her this, that her colon had ripped away from her abdominal wall and had twisted. It was now distended from the normal four centimeters to 14 centimeters, hence the terrible pain. Normally, when a colon is distended, it will rupture at 10 centimeters, almost always. And the horrible pain stops just like that. And so they are discharged from the ER, or they never go to the ER because it ruptures before they even go. And because the pain stops, they do not seek medical attention. But little did they know that the emergency has not passed, it's just started. Because a slow leak of poison is going throughout their body, turning them septic. And they don't even know it. And almost every one of those patients die. This woman's was up to 14 and had not ruptured. Well, they wheeled her into emergency surgery. And after the surgery, the surgeon looked at her very seriously and he told her something. He said, ma'am, you were as close to death as a person can be without dying. He said, your colon was already decomposing. It thought you were dead. He said, ma'am, if your pain had stopped, we would have let you go home, and the next time we saw you would have been on the slab in the morgue. Her seemingly unanswered prayer was the thing that kept her alive. And she realized, lying there with all the bags and the drips and the, you know, post-surgery things, she realized something. Her pain had a purpose. Her pain had a reason. And it was not just to help her survive. It was to help her thrive. It was to take her to the next step for her healing. So now when she went back and imagined God standing there, she no longer saw him like this. She saw him praying for her. Very small movement there, very big difference. As Jesus himself was interceding for that colon not to rupture and for the pain to continue. What a difference. She saw it when she got to the end. She didn't see it here. She didn't see it here. She didn't see it here or here. She didn't see it till after the surgery here. And then all of a sudden, those five days made perfect sense. 
And all of a sudden she realized God did not let her down. And God did not leave her or forsake her. God was not being mean to her. God wasn't not caring. God had a purpose for every moment of that pain. And it worked for her good and his glory. Because now when we go through a season of hard, I don't know if you want to go home and cut you a string and stick it somewhere, you can remember in that 86,400 second day that surely there will be an end. And God will be proven right. There's not been one 86,400 second day where he was ever proven wrong. There's been a lot where we don't know. But there's never been one where he said, oops. Or where he said, uh-oh. Well, that one got away from me. Got a little distracted over here. Sorry about that. Not a one. I don't know what your answer is at the end of your string. But I do know who's with you. On every single inch of it. I don't know how it's going to end up. I don't know how my issues are going to end up. But I know who I'll end up with. And I know who I get to travel my string with. And I do know this. He's always enough. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this lesson. God, it's right in the middle of where we're living. And God, today, I take a hold of the string and I hold it up to you. Personally, as a church collectively, as a body of believers in this world, God, I hold it up to you and I say I trust you. It is dark everywhere we look right now and it is hard everywhere we turn. But God, you are good. You do good. This will be for our good and for your glory. And I praise you in the middle of our heart. Your grace will be sufficient for this 86,400 seconds. And tomorrow when we wake up to a new 86,400 seconds, there'll be new mercies, great faithfulness, unfailing compassion, and just enough grace to get us through that 86,400 seconds. I bless your holy name and I thank you for who you are. We can trust you and we bless you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you are enjoying these lessons on emotions, go to pbcannapolis.org to purchase Miss Amy's book, Full Disclosure, Real Talk About Raw Emotions Today.